Hi there, and welcome to the Amy Kunkel Audio Hour. On today's episode, I am talking with CC President. She is an inspiring woman that I met recently, and she's also a business coach and motivational speaker, amongst other things. We discuss her life and overcoming some of the challenges. We talk about an awakening that she had by way of a personal sabbatical. We discuss the five people that you want to be surrounding you. And we also get into some practical discussions on health and wealth. And I really enjoyed this episode and I know you will as well. So let's go to the show. Thank you so much for coming on, Cece. Absolutely. I'm loving being here with you, Amy. Um, So I'll share how we met because I thought that was such an aligned moment. (laughs) I was in Columbus at the Summit of Greatness. I'm from Canton. You're from Cleveland. Yep. And I, after the Summit of Greatness, I asked Marissa Peer if she would have coffee with me just kind of (laughs) randomly on a whim. And she said yes. And she was meeting you after we had coffee. So you were like, hey, I'm from Cleveland. (laughs) So why don't you share a little bit about yourself for people that are listening that, you know, don't know you yet? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Amy. It it was a beautiful meeting. And it's one of those moments... before I tell a little bit about me, I want to say about you is one of those moments that that always make me smile because I love when people, you know, have to step out of their comfort zone in order to to do something that they know the universe is whispering for them to do, right? So there were thousands of people at this event, but it was you, Amy, who, you know, there were thousands of people at this event. All of many of them actually came to see Marissa particularly. You know, she was obviously a hit at this event. She speaks to hundreds of thousands of people across the globe. And you said, of the 2,000, 3,000 people that were there, you said, I'm going to ask this lady to have coffee with me. What's the worst she can say? Right. And, and better than that, it was like, well, what's the best she can say? And, and I think you were just a living proof of that, of, you know, what it feels like and what it looks like to step outside of one's comfort zone. So I love that. Thanks. No, you're welcome. Because I I tell you, for me, my life has all been about stepping outside of one's comfort zone. I, you know, grew up in inner city Cleveland, Ohio. My parents, funny story, I discovered after my, my dad passed away, um, in 2002 and shortly after his passing i we my my sisters and i were you know cleaning up his house and we discovered that my parents actually divorced four years before i was born so <laughs> right so we all you know we laugh I, I used to say i was you know i had a single mom growing up but now i realize like yeah, I don't know. I didn't even have that. Four years before you were born? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the funniest story ever. She oh she says, she's like, I didn't know we were divorced. I had filled out the paperwork, but it never came back to me. So I didn't know we were divorced. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, it's pretty gosh. funny. It's pretty funny. But, you know, I was raised by my mom and my three older sisters in inner city Cleveland, Ohio. 
and um you know it was just one of those it was just one of those upbringings that you hear about on you know these sad stories you know like life really came hard to to my front door you know and um you know, there was a lot of adversity, a lot of challenge, a lot of abuse, not certainly not by my mom, but just by other people, unfortunately, who, who had access to me as a kid, um, you know, lost one of my, my, one of my major influences in my life, which is my older sister, lost her to murder by the time I was 14 years old. So it was, you know, one of those, um, yeah, it was just one of those really, really tough upbringings that could end up someone being you know certainly very jaded um you know i should statistically right like i should be um i should be you know a, a mother of six kids with five fathers and in jail, <laughs> and, jail and and using drugs and you know but because of a lot of, I don't know, because of, I just saw an example of possibility when I was a young kid. You know, I had a, a godmother when I was younger who, who just lived life a little bit differently. You know, she, um, she was a successful black woman in the 1970s. Like I remember her driving a Cadillac and living in this really big house. I remember going to her house and, and, and her carpets were white and there was a bedroom in her house that nobody even slept in. Right. Like, so for me, it was, you know, it was the example of possibility and I saw that example and there was something in it that spoke to me you know and just that little spark that little that that little snippet of what life could potentially look like was attractive to me and so i just kept following that little light that little dot until you know i ended up I don't know, paying my way through an all-girls Catholic high school <laughs> so I could get out of the inner city school that I was in and then received a scholarship to this amazing Jesuit university here in Cleveland, Ohio, and, and then being chosen for a master's fellowship program in New York. And, and just, you know, again, and just, uh, again, it was always following that little dot mm -hmm. that was placed there watching my godmother live life, you know, unapologetically. Wow. Yeah, that is, that is an amazing story of, um, you know, like you said, the, what could have been just, and I think what we see a lot is people in bad situations that just can't see their way out of it. Yeah. And so you are just saying like how you saw this, light this tiny mm -hmm. possibility and just followed it even yeah. through the pain and the adversity that you probably still faced mm -hmm. through your high school through your you know um through all of that you still just kept weaving through it to come out on the other side absolutely there was you know it's interesting because one of the one of the biggest <clears throat> weights, if you will, that was on me. One of the biggest weights. I had been um, sexually abused by, by the time I was four. And I didn't recognize the 
the impact that that kind of abuse has on a girl in particular and statistically what happens to girls who are molested at that age they will either um well three things pretty much happen one they become asexual right like they're terrified of anything and and they're they're almost asexual but that's the smallest percentage the next largest percentage is that they become you know gay or bisexual or you know some somewhere in that realm <clears throat> and that happens for a lot and then the biggest majority they become hypersexual and and so and, and unfortunately for me that was the category that i found myself in and and so that was the biggest weight on my life and it impacted me to such a tremendous and to, to such a tremendous degree um throughout my life so that i never had it was difficult to connect with somebody emotionally when you know when you feel the pain you know this burden on you like it's difficult to connect with people you know on a real emotional level and um and so you know again so i had the pain but that even causes pain right like so i had the pain of that and so i'm still trying to weave through this life trying to you know trying to you know have relationships with people you know open and honest and trying to you know you know, create something greater for myself and for my life with the burden of this upon my shoulders, if that makes sense, Amy. And so, yeah, you know, even, but so even carrying that weight, I still needed, I still, you know, I still maintained this, you know, I still maintain, I got to follow this light. I got to follow this light. I got to follow this light. So yeah, it was, yeah, it was really really challenging to be able to to do those both <laughs> well and I, we kind of met just because of marissa peer who mm -hmm. you know obviously is the founder of the rapid transformational therapy mm -hmm. and i know you've done the training did this mm -hmm. at all tie into like did you do like how did you know that you were even you know, four years old in that situation. Did you have memories of it or was this tied into like maybe doing RTT and then realizing that? So, you know, it's funny. RTT was such an incredible gift to me. Marissa happens to be one of my best friends on the planet. We met years ago at an event and we, we always laugh and say we fell in love <laughs> at the event within hours of meeting one another. And um, so just as our friendship grew and developed, um, and I also do a lot of, you know, I also, you know, kind of partner and co-create with, you know, just some extraordinary people on the planet, like Marissa, like Elisa Nichols, if you're familiar with her from The Secret, um, you know, just a, a, number, a number of just really epically amazing people. Um, Marissa really wanted me to 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 take a look at RTT and and give her my you know ideas and what I thought and and how it could be positioned in the marketplace and or how it could be better positioned in the marketplace how we could share it with more people and and the impact so I was able to to 
to do RTT, to take that program from, from that space. Um, however, the journey to, to healing, you know, all of this started, you know, way, way before then. Um, I was fortunate. I was really fortunate back in my uh, 20s to have met a beautiful man that actually introduced me to the world of personal development, which I didn't know anything about. And um, it really was personal development um, that, you know, that kind of changed the trajectory of my life and, and really in, in a large way saved my life. Um, and so I had no, I mean, I, <laughs> I had never forgot the experience. I can tell you what pajamas I had on <laughs> the first time it happened when I was four years old. So it wasn't something that I, you know, ever didn't remember and didn't know, mm -hmm. but I'm going to tell you, it was something that I wasn't able to fully heal until well into my mid thirties. Um, you know, I did a number of things to, that I thought would help, but, you know, as far as truly healing it, yeah, that was really in my mid thirties. And even RTT, even still, even, you know, later in my forties, when I did develop uh, or develop relationship with Marissa and had an opportunity to experience RTT, I was able to ex access, you know, other parts of the hurt and the pain and, and, you know, that was still there. So definitely it helped me a lot to, to understand. I think the biggest gift, the biggest gift that I got from RTT, you know, using RTT to, to help dissolve any remnants that was left is that RTT gave me the ability to see the molestation from the perspective of the person who had done it mm. and, um, and understand what, you know, what his thinking was. And, and it gave me so much compassion for him. It freed me, yeah. really, because RTT allowed me to see it from a different way that I had never been able to do before. You know, that allowed me to heal it even deeper than I ever had before. Well, and I talk about, in my book, I talk about a lot of different, like, kinds of healing modalities that I learned about after my awakening. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm definitely curious to hear maybe some of the things that you had tried to heal like was it mostly traditional means like talk therapy or was it like tapping or like some you know what were some of the healing yeah. things that you tried absolutely so in the beginning when i first recognized the impact that this had on my life which that i i learned that in college really when i was trying to have a relationship with with a man who i knew was my soulmate but i wasn't able to, I wasn't able to have a successful relationship, but I knew something was wrong. I started talk therapy and, you know, unfortunately it did absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, right. It did absolutely nothing. Um, but I'm going to tell you, listen, I have, I am so open. So I have done, I've tried everything. The, the first thing that made the the thing that made the biggest difference, I will say, in my life 
was um, EFT. It's the emotional freedom technique. And I learned it from a beautiful man named Dr. Lee Poulos. Uh, he is a therapist in Canada. And I had found a program of his and, and, and it was called the Biology of Empowerment. Mm-hmm. And it was all about how to, um, you know, how to infuse success into you at a cellular level. But there was so much healing that came from that. So, you know, in, in EFT, you know, includes tapping. Um, I've, you know, I've done chakra healing, you know, certainly RTT. There is a beautiful woman in, also in Canada who teaches something called the heart freedom technique, which, you know, I absolutely love. So, you know, it was any and every, anything that I felt like could get deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, because I'm going to tell you, I know I have, boy, I have, you know, I've done some amazing things in my life, you know, just, you know, and I won't even say in spite of, right. Like how I started, I've done some amazing things in life. I would say fueled by what has happened to me over the course of my life. And I know there's so much more work for me to do. I know that I know that people are hurting. I know that people are suffering. And I, you know, I, I know it's my, it's my calling to truly empower people, you know, to, to go out and live their highest and best lives and, and grow and contribute. So I have so much more work to do. So anything that would dissipate my run, right? Like my run to that place, my run to fully live the life that I believe I was called. I, I believe I was called by God. You may say the universe or it doesn't even matter. Whatever that light is that you are following, you know, I, I believe for me, I am called by that light to a higher level. And so anything that would dissipate my run towards that light, I need to get rid of it. I need to lighten it up. And so any modality that could help me, I'm open. Like I'm open. Well, let's talk for a minute. I know the, maybe it was one of our first conversations you were kind of sharing about how an awakening in your life really kind of shifted your perspective. And I say consciousness, but Um, why don't you talk about that and just maybe where it happened in your life and how that fits into sort of where you are today? Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. I, I really believe that, um, that everything happens for us. I truly believe that with all of my being and, um, in 2009, you know, I woke up, Amy, and I I woke up one day, 60 pounds overweight, $2 million in debt, and severely depressed. And all of that happened as a result of having lost a once very lucrative um, real estate company that, that I owned. And you know, and I really laid down on my life. Like I, I, I literally ended up getting a job with a master's degree. And, you know, again, having created a $5 million business, 
I remember getting a job earning $14 an hour at a bank because my, my level of self-worth at the time would, couldn't allow me to see anything past that. I was so sad and despondent and, um, gosh, I, I can't even think of another adjective to describe, <laughs> right? How I have I, a feeling. It's, yeah. I'm pretty, I'm feeling pretty bad right now. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> exactly. Really. Exactly. And, and, and again, it happened for me because, you know, as a result of that, you know, as a, again, as a result of that, I, I'm going to tell you, like, I knew that that wasn't the life that was intended for me. And so, you know, again, I continue to go on this journey and I continue to work and I continue to, you know, heal. Um, but where that led me to a couple of years later, about 36 months later from, from that very bottom, it, um, I had, you know, created another business. That business was starting to create some success but I knew I still needed to break free. So I decided to take myself on a, my little own sabbatical. <laughs> and I, I literally um, rented, a, I, I moved myself to the Dominican Republic for three months. And I rented this little condo on the beach. It was hilarious. And every day, Amy, I would, I would run, right? Now, mind you, I was 60 pounds overweight. So it wasn't, it was, it was a, it was a, it was more like a jog, right? Like a fast. It's hard to run on sand. Come on. Yeah. Okay. It's hard to run on sand too, especially when you're 60 pounds overweight. <laughs> and, um, and so now I would literally, I would run in air quotes, uh, you know, a mile down the beach and then walk back and then do personal development every day. And I did this every day. So like YouTube videos? Like no, actually that program that I was talking about, Dr. Pulos, the, the, the biology of empowerment, I did that program okay. every single day. I did that program every single day. And I would listen to other books as well on Audible, but that was like the main programming I did around healing, around, um, around my awakening. And I'm going to tell you, I emerged from the Dominican Republic three months later, but I had grown 30,000 feet. Mm. You know, I wasn't the same. I was a different person. Um, I happened to be married at, at, at the time. Um, and uh, my, my ex-husband says, yeah, my wife never came back from the Dominican Republic. Oh, I just got chill. Right. Yeah, yeah. And he was right because I mean, I'm going to tell you, it was so interesting. When I, before the Dominican Republic, all my friends called me Cecilia. That was my, that's my first name. That's my full name. I was named after my beautiful Aunt Cecilia. That was, I was Cecilia. And I remember being on a plane, on the plane, going back from the Dominican Republic back to my home. And I met this beautiful woman on the plane and she said, hi, what's your name? And I don't know, as if it emerged from, you know, I don't know, my heart and from heaven, 
and came out of my mouth, it said, I said, my name is Cece. And that's who I've been ever since. That's, that's who I am. Like when I talk to myself, I talk to Cece, like Mm -hmm. that is me. And she, and so I always say, you know, Cleveland, Ohio is my birthplace. Dominican Republic is my rebirth place. Mm, Yeah. Well, and that's kind of cool that that even happened because my whole awakening happened when we were able to move for a year and, you know, just kind of stop everything. And I feel like because you have that space. Correct. And expand into it. There is something about space and walls. Let me explain that, <laughs> right? So you, you're absolutely right. I had the space in terms of I was in this little condo on the beach by myself. My husband, my husband at the time was back in Dallas, Texas. So my days were my days, right? My time was my time. I still, you know, we had a business. We had started another business. I was still working my business, but I had space to grow and develop. But let's talk about walls. There is something about, you know, the, the walls that I was living inside when that business went bust, right? Like, it's hard to redevelop your mind looking at the same walls, you know, breathing the same oxygen, being in the same energy. So I needed to physically remove myself from those walls, that oxygen and that energy in order to create the life that, that I truly deserved in order to be the me that I knew that I was. Mm-hmm. It have you absolutely, I, I am not surprised one bit that that's how your awakening came as well. Yeah. Ooh, if everybody could just pick up and move, like maybe that can be our like new project is like <laughs> get away from your life for eight weeks. Yeah, absolutely. So just, yeah. It'll, tra- it'll transform everything. You won't be the same. I mean, you won't be the same. You'll, you'll be the, the best version of yourself. I'm going to tell you like, Cece is the best version of me. Yeah. Ooh, that's amazing. I'm, I'm so happy for you. I feel like you're just, I mean, when we met, I was like, I need to be this woman's friend because, <laughs> you know, that Jim Rohn quote about you being the average of the five people you're around, like, I want those people around me. And like you said, you can see it in someone else. Like, you just know that's the fire it's that attraction like somehow that it just draws you to them and they fill you in a way that someone of a lower vibration or a lower energy is just mm-hmm. not going to do yeah it's absolute. that's ab- i totally one thousand percent agree with that you know and i've been very intentional about about my five I've been very intentional about my five. I recall, I remember a day was, um, it was, uh, I can't remember if it was, I can't remember exactly when, but I remember a day, I think it was post-awakening. 
Yeah, it was post-awakening. It was post the Dominican Republic. And I remember looking at my phone, Amy, and I had five unread text messages. And one of them, um, one of them asked, two of them asked me to borrow money. <laughs> one of them was asking me to borrow my car. One asked me if I would take them out to dinner. And the fifth was saying, you know, how are you? And I remember looking at these text messages saying, wow, if this is my average, then I need to do something to raise my average. Mm -hmm. And so from that very moment, I became intentional. I became intentional in putting myself into situations where I got to be around people that I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be the average of, I, you know, I wanted to, you know, my, my, um, I wanted people around me that would make me stretch, you know, that would force me to grow, that I had to grow in order to get to my average. And, you know, and there were a number of ways that I just, I did that. I mean, I joined this very elite mastermind at one point and, um, you know, just to make sure that I was in the right energy so that I would have people that would make me stretch, you know? And again, because everything happens for us as a result of being a part of that mastermind is how I ended up in this community where I met Marissa, for example, you know? And, and you know, and, you know again, so many other people like her. <laughs> it was um it was it was hilarious i was in columbus i was thinking about like how is this how is this real for me like that was this kid i'm i again grew up in inner city cleveland ohio you know single single mom dad in jail half of my youth right like but i'm in columbus Marissa and I are in her suite and we're just laughing. We're talking and we decide to call one of our other girlfriends. Our other girlfriend just happens to be this amazing Hollywood actress. <laughs> and, and, and so Marissa and I are on video. We're leaving our girlfriend a video message and we're like, yeah, we all need to get together. Marissa's like, come out to my house. I want you to have dinner with me. She says, yes, come and have dinner. Maria, Maria Shriver is coming for dinner on Thursday, come on Friday. You know, and I'm, I'm sitting here like, how am I, like, how does this happen? Right? How does this happen? It happens by being intentional about the five people. You know, it really, it's about being intentional, you know, about those five people. And, and listen, here's the reality. You know, I feel that's, that's my world. Like I, there was nothing uncomfortable. There was nothing uncomfortable for me. These are, those are the people that I've grown myself so that I get to feel comfortable in those environments. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, it's not like you're faking it or not fitting in. Like you have evolved yourself. You have grown yourself and your business. And now you are one of those five people. Absolutely. And, and now you're that person for other people. Absolutely. And that's what it's about. And that's absolutely what it's about. Yeah. That's important for me. That's very important for me. 
It's important for me too. And I talk about it in my book because I had got this opportunity to meet um, Gary Vandercheck. Mm-hmm. And God, I talk about him a lot, which I just noticed. But I felt like I wanted to be his friend, sort of like the way you're friends with Marissa. And I, I don't know why I felt that, but I just have been sort of going through this trajectory in my mind of like, how do you get to be that? Like, I mean, obviously you're, it's when you're offering the other person something, maybe a value or you're at the same level somehow, because you're both at a dinner for a fundraiser or you're Mm -hmm. both at a mastermind group Mm -hmm. that you pay to get into. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it just, I don't know, that's a thought that I've had recently is, is how, you know, how you get to be there. But you said, yeah, you know what it is? It's, it's a couple of different things. I'll tell you, it's about, so I used to call it, you know, having mentors at a distance, right? And so there is, so let me, t- I'll talk about my experience. Um, one of those people it, it, that was a mentor at a distance for me, there was, this, there's this beautiful woman. Her name is Lisa Nichols. Um, she is an international speaker, author, coach. Um, you know, you know, you've seen her, you, you've probably, she was in the movie, The Secret. You've probably seen her there. You've probably seen her on Oprah Winfrey show, or maybe on the Steve Harvey show, or, you know, maybe on the Today show, or, you know, she, she is in, you know, she is just an incredible woman who has a beautiful story and a command of language like no one I've ever heard. She can, she uses language to, to create heart experiences that, wow, that just will blow your mind, right? And, um, and so I decided that I wanted her to be my mentor at a distance. And that's what I did. So I went, I watched all her videos. I, you know, just was trying to truly connect with her, um, connect with her and her work, you know, on a, on a spiritual level, almost like I re, I wanted to, on an energetic level, that's the word I'm looking for on an energetic level. I wanted to connect with her work and in doing that, here's what happens. Here's how the universe unfolds in doing that and making that choice and, and, and watching all of this, there came a time where I discovered she was going to be in my town. I was living in Dallas, Texas at the time. So I went to so I invested in her event and I invested in VIP. So from within, you know, 36 hours of deciding that this woman was my mentor at a distance, you know, and, and starting to study her work, you know, I'm literally in a room with her with, you know, maybe eight, 10 other people having a conversation, sitting around a table, you know, and then that led me to just participating in some of her programs. But again, because I had embodied so much of her work, you know, at an energetic level, when she heard me speak, she didn't hear Cece. She heard herself. She heard her own thoughts because I was so connected. So that pulled her in closer to me, Mm -hmm. right? Like that. So yeah, I was seeking her, but because I was again, living my life, doing my life, but truly, you know, embodying the spirit of her work, that pulled her to me. Mm-hmm. She ended up, you know, not only did she, not only did um, she ask me to, 
eventually about, you know, within a year, year and a half, asked me to come and run the global partnerships division of her <laughs> multi, multi seven figure business. Um, you know, we, you know, it was really a situation where, you know, my mentor became my boss and then my boss became my friend. I mean, we traveled the world together, Amy. We, you know, we really helped thousands and thousands of people to transform their lives by our partnership, you know, and our friendship. And that was just born out of me really, again, being intentional, connecting with that work, always adding value, mm-hmm. always adding value, not value for the sake of, oh, I want this, but value for the sake of that's my, I am, I am someone who, that's my identity. I am someone who creates value and creating enough value in her life said, no, 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 I want this woman in my life more. And that pulled her to me. We're friends to this day. You know, I, I worked for her for two years, created some tremendous impact and, um, and, you know, retired after, you know, retired two years later and still, you know, have a beautiful relationship with her because of that foundation level work. Yeah. That's great. Well, that definitely gives me the answer. I feel like I, I knew that there was kind of a path and yeah. yeah. So tell me, um, let me think where I want to go with this. What kind of things now do you do? So post awakening, like what, I want to say, what kind of practices do you do to continue to grow? But maybe before we go there, I want to find out like what changed in you after this time besides your name (laughs) (laughs) what what like really tangibly changed was it relationship was it career was it Mm. family you have kids everything everything changed amy everything changed when 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 Cecilia became Cece, everything in her life, <laughs> right? Cecilia's life fell away and Cece's life emerged. Um, one of the first, and, and, you know, one of the first um, things that fell away was a marriage, you know, a marriage that had served its purpose so beautifully, right? If it wasn't for that marriage, I wouldn't have, again, it was my ex-husband who introduced me to personal development, you know? So it was, so that marriage had served me and given me everything that God knew that I needed. It had healed, it had helped heal me in a lot of different ways. You know, it had helped show me that this is how I deserve to be treated. You know, it was a marriage that proved to me, wait, you can, just because you grew up poor, doesn't mean you have to be poor for the rest of your life, you know, financially, right? I had, I was rich in love and experiences and things like that, but financially we were poor when I grew up, you know? And so just, you know, the, the marriage served me in that it taught me, you know, no, you, you, you get to, you get to control what kind of impact do you have on the world? And based on that impact you have on the world, that's going to show up as a dollar amount in your bank account. You know, so that certainly felt, you know, but that time had come and it, 
and it fell away with my awakening. Um, there were people that were in my life that lovingly fell away. Like they're still, <laughs> they're still there, but they just don't necessarily impact me because they're not a part of the five anymore. Mm-hmm. And so they've fallen, they've, you know, they've fallen away, if you will. I still love them. I still love them, but they're, you know, but they definitely fell away. Um, a big thing that fell away for me, Amy, was weight. <laughs> you know, I re- during that journey, I had released, I released 60 pounds, you know, um, that it fell away. It just fell away. So yeah, when you awaken a lot of things that would, that would hold you down, you know, the, the real you, the you that's emerging, all of those things that would have, that would have prevented me from being CC, those, those marriages, those people, that, that body fat, all of those things that wouldn't allow CC to be CC, they needed to fall away. And they did. And I didn't have to struggle. It wasn't a struggle. I'd say it to people all the time. Oh my gosh, if you ever get divorced, you want to have a divorce like I had a divorce, right? Like, don't get me wrong. There were parts of it that were difficult. We had a seven-figure business at the time. You know, we had started an IT consulting company. And so getting through the financial piece was hard. But once we made it through the financial piece and we could just be ourselves, it was beautiful, right? It was beautiful. So there, there wasn't any struggle, after, again, aside from the financial piece. The people that have fallen away, there was no struggle there. There was no, not, no arguments, no nothing. There was no struggle. The weight fell off. I, did, I just would look around like, oh, oh, look in the mirror like, wow, oh my gosh. Like, how did this happen? Yeah. I, you know, I just like, wait, when did I start wanting to go to the gym? Like, when did that happen? That's never been me. Like, there was no struggle. Yeah. Wow. No. I'm sure everyone is saying that's how I want it to happen for me. <laughs> <laughs> it, not- it, it will, it will, it, it will, it does, right? Like it does now. It doesn't always in the moment. It doesn't always feel easy, if you will. Mm-hmm. But it certainly isn't necessarily a struggle. If you think about a butterfly coming out of a cocoon. They are, it, you know, from the outside, I don't know if you've ever seen it. I, I've seen it um, as at this beautiful butterfly sanctuary. And I stood there for 20 minutes watching this butterfly come out of this cocoon. And you could see their little limbs inside flailing and moving and stretching. And you could see the cocoon and, right, like it was just moving and undulating. Like you could see it. It was amazing. But I'm going to tell you. So it may have looked It may have been uncomfortable for that butterfly. He may have been stretching and straining, but it wasn't stress, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, it stretched him, Mm -hmm. the little butterfly, but it didn't necessarily stress him. Yeah. No, that that makes perfect sense. I think that would probably uh, definitely 
be the words that other people use. Like when you grow, sometimes it's, it's not that it's painful, but you want to stretch yourself. You want it to be a little uncomfortable enough that you want to move past it. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh yeah, exactly. You want to get on the other side of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Without question, without question. But I'm going to tell you, man, boy, oh boy, on the life on the other side. Oh, life on the other side. If, if, if I could do it all over again, the one thing I would have said, the one thing that, you know, 47-year-old CC would have said to 37-year-old CC that was, you know, sad and depressed and, and overweight and all of this, I would have said, CC, run. Run. Get to the other side faster. Run as hard as you can. Get there faster because I'm going to tell you what life looks like over here. I don't want you to miss one single solitary day of it. Ooh, I, again, chills. <laughs> I just, it's to me. <laughs> Good. Ooh, that's yeah. amazing. Well, the reason we got in contact really was because when I met you, I was like, you're a business coach? Like, <laughs> I probably need a business coach. <laughs> So tell us all a little bit about maybe what you do now and how people can reach you. Absolutely. So, you know, it's, here's the funny thing. I, I, I truly believe that God gives us all like some gifts and some talents and, um, and they're, they're ours to own. And one of the gifts that he gave me was understanding how to create money. Like I understand how to create money. I know how to do it. Like <laughs> my first business. Okay. I have to stop by and tell you this. So Amy, my first business, I was in maybe fourth grade and I used to sell Pac-Man shaped French fries outside of my home in Cleveland, Ohio. Now, I'm sure you may have some millennial podcast listeners that are like, Cece, what's a Pac-Man? <laughs> oh no, it's so like vintage that people know what it is. Right, exactly. So I would literally take potatoes and slice them in the shape of a Pac-Man, right? And then fry them up and sell them to people in my neighborhood. And the reason I chose Pac-Man is because I did the math, Amy, and I realized that the margins on lemonade were too small for me. <laughs> Amen, sister. <laughs> okay. And so I just, so from that moment, like from that day, like it's always been in me. Like I always knew that I was designed to to create impact and to, you know, to create income and in that because I would be able to use that income to do things, right? Like I loved, I loved making money and then going to buy my little niece a gift or buy or take my nephew on an experience. I loved that. So I knew that I needed to create financial impact to do the things that gave my heart joy, which was always about pouring into other people. 
All right. And so again, that was one of those gifts that God gave me. And, and from the beginning of my awakening, I knew again, I, I by the time I had awakened, I had already created, you know, a, a seven figure bit, a multiple seven figure business. And another business that at that time of the awakening was already at multiple six figures on its way to seven. And so I, this was something that I knew it was for me, it was prescriptive. It's A and then B and then C and then it's one and then it's two and then it's three, you know, and it was all about, I knew how to create a particular dollar amount by a particular date. I knew how to do it. I didn't understand how, but I knew how to do it. And so what I always wanted when, again, post-awakening, the business that I wanted to have is I wanted to create a business where I got to teach people that. I got to teach people, you know, <laughs> I've done it so many times that I, I, you know, that I actually ended up developing a program around it, creating $40,000 in 40 days. And I, I would do this, I would do, be in these situations in my life where, you know, I needed 40 grand and I needed in a very short time. And so like, I would go on this run, right? This, I called it my 40 day run and I would go on a run and create this $40,000 and take me just over a month. And I did it multiple times and multiple times and multiple times. Right. And so again, post awakening, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to teach people that I wanted to empower people in that way. Here's what I learned. I learned that I can teach people the ABCs. I can teach people the one, two, threes. I can give them the exact recipe. But if their hearts are still not healed from whatever broke their hearts in the beginning, um, their, their cake, right, that I'm teaching them to bake is not going to taste the same as my cake. The results are going to vary, you know? And so I, you know, what I discovered is I needed to do both have both halves. I needed to, you know, I needed to help people heal their hearts so that it wasn't pulling them back. But I also knew that, you know, I wanted people to have a system of doing things. So today, and, and, and then I also knew, let me tell you what I also knew. I also knew that there was an intersection between health and wealth, right? I knew that um, what, what shows up on your body <laughs> often shows up in your bank accounts. Okay. When I was, when I, I'll say it this way, when I had a $5 million business, I was the same weight as I was when I was a cute little senior in high school, right? I was the same, I, I was that, that was the same size, like literally as a $5 million business owner, I was as small as I was when I was a senior in high school. Now, when I had a million dollar business, I was about the same weight as I was when I, after the freshman 15, right? Not too bad, but you know, not the same. When I was $2 million in debt, I was 60 pounds overweight. Mm right? So I knew that there was an intersection between those two. 
So, you know, and I knew that that was something that I wanted to share with people as well. So a few years back, I, you know, so after creating this amazing coaching business and, 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 and really helping people in that way, you know, I was introduced to, to a nutrition company that ticked all the boxes for me, right? Like it ticked all the boxes in terms of, you know, I'd finally learned what good nutrition was and how it impacted my body and how it impacted my brain and how it impacted my ability to heal, right? How it impacted everything, everything, everything. So it ticked all the boxes for me, but it also had this ridiculously simple system that I could use and teach people how to create an income, like a residual income. And it was like, oh my God, wait a minute. I, you know, I was teaching entrepreneurs how to make money. And, and here's the thing, it, you know, I can teach, you know, I would teach a six figure earner how to move to multiple six figures, or I would have a multiple six figure earner move to seven figures. But it takes a huge investment of, of time and resources and money. And I'm like, wait a minute. You mean to tell me I can teach people for, I don't know, 600 bucks <laughs> that they would then turn around and eat, by the way, how to create a six, a multiple six or a seven figure income? Are you kidding me? This is a no brainer. So I really started partnering with that company to teach, to teach more important people how to do that. So I literally, so most of my life is spent identifying people who are driven, who are passionate, who are into health and fitness, who love people, who are full of integrity. And I teach them how to create a six figure income from home in their part-time hours. Literally. And it's just the most beautiful thing ever. Now, for those other businesses that are six figures that still want to, to move to that multiple six, seven figure, I, I still coach them as well. I, I love those folks. They're always going to be around. I could do that in my sleep. <laughs> and so I definitely still do that. But what I, you know, but what I really love where the bulk of my energy goes are to these people that that are like, Cece, I want to, you know, I want to transform my health, the health of my family and my financial lot in life too. And I love that I get to teach them the basics of entrepreneurism that opens and expands their mind to create that first six figures, because I know when I can get them there, they'll create everything else. Yeah. You know, seven figures is just around the corner. Yeah. Wow. So that's what I do. That's what I get to do. Aww. Uh, well, thank you so much for being on. And um, oh, absolutely. I'm glad that I time you. have met you and, and look forward to our friendship or where, wherever this leads. And all of the above. All of the above. Yeah. So um, do you want to direct people to your website or? Actually, you know what? It's so funny. I love, I, I'm an engager. I love connecting with people and engaging with people. And I never, like I have a website, it's great, you can go to it. But to connect with me, just come and hang out with me on either Instagram or Facebook. You know, message me, send me a messenger. But my, you can find me everywhere at Just Ask CC. So J-U-S-T. A S K C E C E, and people will people ask me all the time. Wait, CC president? What are you the president of? 
now my last name really is president. So, <laughs> so yeah, I always say, yep, hashtag first lady. So, no, so come and visit me at Just Ask CC on Facebook or Instagram. Connect with me. I, I'd love to know your heart. I'd love to know, you know, what I can um, support you with. I always say that I have conversations with people and I listen to what they say and then I hear for what they're praying for. And if I have a solution for what they're praying for, I'll offer them my solution and my support. And if my solution isn't for them, I'm just going to offer them my prayers. And that's oh. what I do. Well, thank you. That's amazing. Well, thank thanks you. for being here. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. I love you, girl. Have an amazing <laughs> day. It's so great thank to be you. with you. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't rated and reviewed the podcast and I'm pretty sure you haven't because the last time I checked there were not very many I would really appreciate you taking the time to give me some honest feedback I know that there are a million bazillion podcasts out there to listen to and I really hope that I bring you value For more information on me or on where to follow me and the guests that I have on, visit amykunkel.com or follow me on Instagram at amy underscore kunkel underscore creative. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful day. Mm